From the Lean Enterprise Institute in Boston, this is the WLEI Podcast, where we share stories of people making the world better through lean thinking and practice. For more information about LEI, including how we can help you apply lean thinking, please visit lean.org. Hi, this is Josh Howell, and you're listening to WLEI's On the Job Podcast, where I talk to people that I admire who are discovering better ways for organizations to work, learn, and manage. Uh, So I'm here with uh, Dave Brunt. He's the head of the Lean Enterprise Academy uh, in the UK, uh, otherwise known as LEA. Happy to have you here, Dave. Uh, Thanks for setting aside some time to to talk to me. Hi, Josh. Good to talk to you. (laughs) Um, So welcome to, to On The Job. Uh, it's a podcast here where, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, I get the opportunity to, to sit down and talk with folks that I admire uh, who are in a position to lead organizations through discovering how to work better, uh, how to manage better, how to learn better. And so our conversation today, um, I wanted to talk to you as the head of the Lean Enterprise Academy. Um, I know you've been in this position for a little while. Uh, you've done a lot of things. I'm sure you've learned a lot of things. And uh, I guess I'm hoping to borrow from your learning curve, as they say, uh, by, by hearing about your experience in that role, uh, given that it's a, a role similar to the one that I'm in now at LEI. Um, so, you know, I could, uh, I guess, read your bio off some, off some page on the World Wide Web, uh, or I could just ask you to introduce yourself. Um, so how about I go ahead and do that? Maybe you could... Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, and some of your experience at, uh, at LEA. Okay. So I kind of describe myself as Dan Jones's bagman. <laughs> I can relate. Yes. That's kind, of, that's, kind of, that's kind of what I am. I'm Dan Jones's bagman. And um, I've worked with Dan since 1997. So it's a pretty long time, really. Um, Is it a heavy bag? It, it, it's it's getting lighter. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's getting it's getting a bit lighter. Um, so um, I, I I've had I've had some real jobs too, as well as carrying Dan's bags. Yes. Uh, so um, so I, I originally, I mean, I got into lean because I. I was a graduate trainee at Rolls-Royce Motor Cars, mm-hmm. um, and that included it was Rolls-Royce and Bentley Motor Cars when when I, when I joined there in 1990. And um, we, you know, ju- just as Machine that Changed the World came out, and we had some consultants came in and they gave us this book and they said you need to read this book. And I read it and I thought, gee whiz, this stuff that Toyota is doing um, is completely different to how we're doing things and what we were doing is we were kind of making I don't know 3,000 cars a year but we were almost using this similar similar ways of doing that to the way that Dan and Jim described GM and Ford hmm. we were we were mass producing cars but in a very very low volume Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually, our customers wanted very bespoke cars. So, um, so I, I was originally um, supposed to be the purchasing graduate. You know, they, they only 
had a, had you know a handful of graduates each year, mm-hmm. and I was I was going to be the purchasing graduate, and and as part of as part of that, I um, uh, we got told by these consultants that we should be doing more to develop suppliers, and so I I was the guy that was highlighted to go and learn about how you do kaizen and supplier development with with suppliers and that's kind of how i got into doing to to learning about lean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and they sponsored me to do a master's and at the time dan was a prof at mm-hmm. cardiff business school and i suppose we you know in those days um he was setting the lean enterprise research center up which really doesn't exist um in the same way now and um and he uh, and they, they they had some they had some some courses that they did and, and I went off to do a master's part time while still working at Rolls Royce and um, and so I started learning about the theoretical side of stuff at the same time as trying to do stuff with with suppliers and that, and I then moved internally and did stuff inside worked for the quality director um, and then. You know, part of the part of the theory was, you know, understand the value stream. So I, I then went off and did some stuff in customer service as well, and oh. um, and I did seven years there. Um, and my, you know, at, at the part way through that, I kind of, I got hooked really. I got hooked on all this on all this lean stuff, and um, uh, towards the end of being there, um, Dan was supervising my dissertation and I just happened to say are you busy and he said gee whiz I'm really busy <laughs> um, we, we, we really need we really need people that can research this yeah I've got this bag uh, here I've yeah bag. I've got this bag yeah yeah pick this bag up yes and um and, and I just thought that would be a really interesting job to to understand how you could kind of do this more effectively uh-huh. because even back in those days lots of people were were struggling with with, with doing with, with trying to apply lean thinking so from Rolls, so, so from rolls-royce you go to lea no so yeah. so from rolls-royce i went to work in cardiff cardiff that's right as a researcher and i spent um four years there and did a whole host of different pieces of research so um we we had um we, we had uh, um, things like um, the international car distribution program that Dan set up, which researched everything in the auto industry downstream of the factory gates. Uh, and I, I worked on that. I worked on some supplier development with with a couple of um, what we probably now call partners for, uh-huh. for Cardiff. Uh-huh. And um, and so so I, I did a, a whole host of different things. And and. Um, and that kind of culminated culminated in me. Um, Dan got a, an inquiry from uh, Porsche, mm-hmm. from the car company, who actually had been one of the chapters in the Lean Thinking book. Right. They wanted to apply Lean Thinking into sales and marketing and into into the national sales companies, and they wanted to do that in the UK. And so um, they said did Dan know anybody that would be able to do that job? And he said, yeah, I know this guy and he's mad keen on cars. And yeah, he, he, he'd really be able to do that, but I don't really want him to go <laughs> So uh, because, because he's holding my bags. And so, um, and so I, 
he told me about it and I said, Dan, I do want to do that. That sounds really good. So I spent four years as the Porsche Verbesserung process manager uh, in the UK, trying to trying to apply lean thinking into sales and marketing and into the dealers. Um, and um, and at the same time, Dan and Jim were doing lean solutions. And so what we were actually trying to do for for that in that job was to was to set up some good chapters for lean solutions. Hmm. And, uh, and and so I did a lot of work on that on that book, um, but but you know previously when we were at Cardiff we did a lot of work on seeing the hole, mm-hmm. uh, and then when we rewrote it we put cases together and uh, you know I finally got my name on it which was pretty good. <laughs> um, so Thanks. so yeah, lot, you know lot, lots of stuff in the build up to to, to LEA and then um, Lean Solutions, Lean Solutions for the record. Uh, an undervalued sort of hidden gem, uh, a book that uh, I find not, not not so many folks are familiar with, uh, including myself until, you know, joining LEI. And uh, in fact, I remember the first time I sat down with Jim Womack, uh, he handed me a, he, he signed and then handed me a copy of that book. And it was the first time that I had, uh, I had encountered it. This was in 2013. Um, and, you know, as somebody who had been introduced to lean thinking while working at Starbucks in a retail environment. Uh, you know the ideas that that are conveyed in, in lean solutions are perfectly suited uh, to yeah. that to that kind of a uh, an application in the same way that that you know they are they were for sales and marketing or or car dealerships uh, for you. Um, and I mean you know in the work that I've done for LEI since then, uh, applying lean thinking to grocery and other retail context uh, restaurants. Um, that's just kind of been my ballywick, so to speak. But really, I mean, uh, if, if, if folks that are listening have not picked up Lean Solutions, and especially if they're in, a, uh, in an environment where the, you know, the value of understanding both the sort of the customer's process, customer's experience, and all of the work that goes into creating that, uh, the various value streams, so to speak, that deliver those kind of moments of value, um, couldn't recommend it more highly. Uh, I didn't know, actually, that... Um, that you were, I guess it makes sense uh, in hindsight, and uh, given the examples that are used uh, and knowing about the work that you've done over the years, um, it makes obvious sense to me at this moment that uh, that you were in fact involved in that book. But I guess uh, it, it yes. wasn't known to me until yeah, now so, that you so were that really the first involved. four chapters. Yeah, that you know the first four chapters. Of course, um, of course. The, the whole piece that I mean, you know, that was that was a pretty great thing to do actually. Um, just to just to be involved with Dan and Jim in terms of their writing process yeah you know and and I I've still got all of the drafts you know in their different guises as they kind of went through um, that's awesome and they iterated and yeah, sure. um, really sort of thought about thought about the ideas and you know the ideas as you say that they they are I reckon they're probably 10 years ahead of where anybody was and i think maybe that's why that wasn't picked up by the community community wasn't ready just wasn't ready for that for that type of thing and and in some cases you know if you look at some of the stuff that's happened in it Mm -hmm. with lean ux the user experience and all that kind of thing um that happened 10 years after that book Mm -hmm. came up Mm -hmm. and uh, and, um, the idea of the consumption process and the provision process and 
you know, what consumers want and what providers want and how can you align the two things. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a cool, it was a cool thing to do. Yeah, and, no doubt. Um, no doubt. So um, more than so, bag handling, more than bag handling at. Uh, oh yeah, but it, you know, it, it, it was, you know, there was draft handling, of, draft handling. Yeah, there was there was a lot of neat stuff in the bag at the time. You know? <laughs> That's right. So That's right. Not, not not a bad gig, it turns out. Yeah, so that, that it was it was a good that was a good gig to do, to do and um, and so we 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 were doing we we did some of that and um, and and then basically because. Jim had set up LEI, um, and then Jose set up the Lean Institute in Brazil, where we were just a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, Dan said, "I, I want to do the same thing. I want to set up a, an institute in the UK." And um, <coughs> so he he left Cardiff, and um, and and I I'd been working at Porsche three days a week, and mm -hmm. still working at Cardiff two days a week. Okay. And so I, I left my two-day-a-week post at Cardiff and helped him to set up LEA. And then probably another 12 months into into that process, we just got so busy that mm -hmm. I had to leave. I had to make a decision. Was I going to stay in you Porsche, Porsche? Yeah. or was I going to go, go and uh, carry more bags? And so I, so I thought, well, the, the best thing to do here is that, you know, this is a lot of fun. Of course, um, of course. I'll um, I'll go and do the uh, I'll go and do the LEA thing, and so I've been, we've been doing that probably since two thousand two. So that's what I was going to ask. So it was two thousand two when LEA was set up. Yeah, yeah, about about two thousand two, I think. Uh -huh. And um, and and so, and obviously, initially Dan, you know, Dan ran it, and and we had a whole series of other people that were. Um, was supporting with different things that we wanted to do at different times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he really kicked off. And I was reflecting on this last week because we, we had a, a small event that we did uh, around with educators, mm -hmm. you know, the education community. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was I was explaining to them that when, when we started doing the stuff in healthcare, mm. Uh, lean in healthcare. We, we we walked around the hospital. First time was 1999, and and the, we were trying to make sense of what would lean in healthcare actually be like. Um, and when we actually started at LEA, we we organised some events in the UK, and we probably got 30, 40 people to begin with. You know, mm. and now there's a lean healthcare summit, and of there's course, you yeah. know, it's a whole fingers, movement. Yeah, it's a whole movement, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, but actually. Dan was really at the forefront of helping to create that to create that whole movement, and um, you know, so uh, yeah. Well, even, so it, well, even over here at LEI, said, even over here at LEI, I mean, most most of my exposure to lean applied to healthcare has been through my colleague Alice Lee, um, who did you know some uh, I think kind of groundbreaking work at Beth Israel Deaconess here in Boston, Massachusetts, and um, I know Dan was even involved in that, uh, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. Did you come over with yeah. Dan? Uh, to visit I, I didn't because no. we had two guys in the institute in our academy mm -hmm. that were specialists in healthcare okay. and, and they came across and they they helped uh with that mm -hmm. I, I, you know i think one of the one of the difficulties with doing a lot of this stuff is that um you need to learn the language mm. you either need to be subsumed in that environment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you need to spend the time to learn the language 
and um, my wife's a doctor and I think two people in the house both doing healthcare probably wouldn't be that healthy. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I, I never really, um, I never really wanted to do so, so much on that, on, yeah. on, on that yeah. side of things, you know. I'm a car guy. You're a car guy, that's right. Uh, no, no, no shame in that. Um, so, so 2002, uh, you and uh, you're there with Dan as as the institute's set up, um, and Dan continues to run the institute until about when? Ooh, probably about 2012. 2012. Um, 2012, something like that. 2013, and that, you know, we 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 pretty slowly. The the we. But a transition but from Dan I, to you. Yeah, yeah. But but initially, um, we we had we, we did a summit, and okay. I remember him coming to us and saying, "I don't want to ever have to do this again." Hmm. And he, he he came to uh, to to me and and the the lady that was managing our office at that time, mm-hmm. and said, "I don't want to ever have to do this again." I mean, it's a lot of work, as you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do know to do those kind of things. And um, and so we said, okay, that's all right. We'll do it. And so that was kind of my first um, my first foyer into the kind of administrative side of running running an institute. Yeah. Um, because basically, my, my my job the single biggest activity that the institute has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But 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 my job of working with Dan was Dan would have these crazy ideas like go and find out about how you can apply lean downstream of the factory gates in the auto industry. Mm-hmm. And I would just put my hand up. Um, or, you know, we've got this draft. We're thinking of calling it learning to see. Can somebody go and map a value stream using this and see whether it's any good? That That type of... Yeah, that, that you know, what would we learn by? What, what would other people learn by, by doing that? So, I was just always this guy that would just go off and just go and try, just go and try and try these things something. out. Yeah, um, you know, just try and do do something that maybe nobody had, nobody was really doing. And um, so, so I went off and, and did lots of stuff in lots of different environments that I wasn't particularly comfortable with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know back in those days it didn't matter because nobody really knew what any of it was about anyway so um yeah it's so, wild so... i mean completely wild for me to think about um the differences in i guess you know the experience that you've had from from what i've had i mean for the most you know i i, I tend to think about um a lot of these ideas and the books that that contain these ideas as you know sort of codified um, thinking methodology and you know my experience has been uh, in large part uh, with amazing coaches but also with a lot of these books you know these things sort of being there like established and then my experience has been kind of learning them and applying them to my environment I mean to think about you being there as these ideas are in the process of codification in the process of being written down uh, organized into books uh, that then folks like me and years later would, you know, pick up, open up, and, and consume. Um, it's an amazing, uh, amazing story to, to think that you were there through through the entire process. Very cool. Yeah, but, man. you know, we're, st- we're still doing that, aren't we? 
We are. That's right. You know, last week, Oriol, uh, we had Oriol Cachacasas from Spain. Mm -hmm. And um, he'll be here next week. Yeah. And and he was, he was, he did a talk for us about the work in the Lean Hotel. Yeah, sure. Sure. We've been to, you know, which is an amazing piece of work. Who would have thought, you know, Lean applied to hotels and all those. Yeah, all that's those right. And again, a lot of that is the front end, the customers involved, etc. And um, you know, in terms of the, you know, we're still codifying the, these these things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, he he showed that piece of research that has been done across LGN. That's right. Taking all of the you know the stuff you've been doing at Legal Seafoods, the stuff we've done in car retail, etc. And then codifying what the things are that are the difference between a success, a successful um, set of changes that people do uh-huh, versus uh-huh. unsuccessful. Uh-huh. So we're we're still doing that. It's you know it's probably that one of the things I think actually is that the I often think about this that the the big leaps uh-huh. in discovery aren't quite as big now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're far more incremental um but um but there's still but a lot of leaps to take but there's still lots of leaps to take that's right um, and actually we don't know whether there will be another big big leap or not yeah. big leap, uh, unless we keep doing the research yeah the thing i think about a lot with this stuff is um it was certainly lost on me when i was being introduced to these ideas like how new they remain and I think it's lost on a lot of folks that get exposed to it. You know, there's a certain assumption, I guess, uh, belief that, that these things have all been kind of figured out. And so there are then answers. And yeah. a place like, you know, a place that has institute in its name or academy <laughs> in, your, in your case um, is a place that you look uh, to get answers, I guess. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, there are questions that have been answered more or less. Um, those answers all reflect that uh, that this is situational, the application of lean thinking. So, sort of the, the even the whole notion of an answer uh, is a bit um, kind of oxymoronic uh, for lean thinking. Yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> but really, you know, the the it's an exciting thing once you sort of um, understand that that there's really a lot yet to be learned, uh, yet to be figured out, uh, and so then it's a you know it's really a, about discovery. Uh, that that yeah, we're is, that yeah. we're here doing yeah. doing the things that we're doing discovery of yeah as you say lean thinking applied to to hospitality hotels uh, who would have thought lean thinking applied to restaurants uh, who would have thought as you said Oriol was in uh, the UK with you last week talking about lean applied to hotels he will be here in Boston next week uh, experimenting with me uh, around lean applied to restaurants uh, we'll be here for an entire week's worth week's worth of activity um, that is. Uh, yeah, along that discovery path, in this case, yeah. uh, with restaurants. So, and and you know, the, I think the other thing is that one of the things that one of the things that we've ended up um, trying to articulate, you know, and John's John's done a great job of articulating five dimensions around lean lean transformation. John Shook, you know, the yes. lean transformation framework. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, again, last week um, we had a couple of. Um, 
sessions, presentations, and an experiential session. Uh, Peter Watkins, who's who's, who's with with us um, in in our organisation, mm -hmm. just just explaining management systems. And again, that is it's not it's not well articulated. Um, I totally agree. So we've got we've got a lot of work still to do on on those kind of things so that um people can design and run their own experiments and see what they see what they can learn from uh from from those yeah yeah management systems uh every conversation that i get to have with jim womack uh who still comes around from time to time and uh, offers all kinds of sage advice um he really sees that that as the the frontier for us now uh, to more well describe what is a management system. I think it's still a concept that has all kinds of different um, meanings to all kinds of different people. Uh, so to really codify what, what, what is a quote-unquote lean management system, uh, then how does it work? You know, how do you create it? Um, what, what are its benefits? You know, all those things. Um, I totally agree. I think that that's an area. So exciting to hear that, that Peter uh, and you are, are working on that over there. Uh, we're certainly doing some stuff over here, too. Um, we'll see what we can figure out together. So, so one thing, um, you know, you and I have gotten to know each other over the years. Um, the Lean Global Network uh, gets together from time to time, at least once a year. Uh, we've seen each other uh, in between these annual meetings also. And uh, when we get together, we, we kind of catch up. We share, we share stories with one another about what's going on um, at our various organizations. And one story from you in particular uh, was really the motivation that I had for, for having this conversation today. Um, uh, it wasn't just to, uh, to to talk with you about the the amazing history that you've had with applying lean thinking and uh, and your involvement at LEA, but um, I know a couple of years ago uh, at LEA there was a sort of a um, an instance that that really kind of changed in a way the trajectory for you and for the academy itself, um, and that was the departure uh, of a team member there who had sort of main responsibility for a lot of the administrative work uh, at the academy. And um, as the head of an organization, um, when something like that happens, where the kind of key resource for a key area of the organization uh, leaves and, and takes with them all of that institutional knowledge that they have, um, I know for you it's been, it's been a very challenging and um, and uh, to some extent also rewarding experience uh, going through that transition. And so I'd like to, you know, I guess kind of focus our conversation a little bit on that. Um, um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about, a little bit more about what, what, what I'm referring to. And then um, I know it's been an interesting ride for you over the last couple of years uh, following that moment. Uh, and so maybe we can kind of dig into that a little bit and, and see, what, uh, see what lessons uh, have been learned through that experience. So uh, maybe you okay. could... Tell us a little bit about what, what happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, in the lead up to a couple of years ago, um, we've done 
we've done a lot of work on improving our back office mm-hmm. administration. And um, my, my, my view on a lot of this stuff is that you should practice what you preach and you should try you or you should at least try to to practice what you preach it's a good reminder yeah it's a good reminder um, and um you know that's pretty difficult sometimes to uh, to do that you know you get busy and you know that the customer is in front of you a lot of the time so you're dealing with those types of things instead of not necessarily looking at some of the processes in your own organization Right. And um, but but we've done a fair few things. You know, we 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 really worked hard on standardizing the summit process. And uh, we started looking quite a bit on on books, on on the way which, you know, the the way that we we order books, the way that we distribute books, etc. So maybe maybe Dave, just real quick, if it, maybe it would be helpful to give a quick overview of what you guys do at the academy. So you're referring to okay. books and summits, which I know are uh, some of your main activities there. But um, maybe just a quick overview of what LEA does, and then. Okay. So, again, when John when John start, Shook started to lead the Lean Global Network, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I did with him was I started thinking about what really was the purpose of a of an institute and we came up with um, some core processes we basically said there's a learning process and that really is the research what we just talked about right um, you know groundbreaking stuff um, then what we've also got is we've got a sharing process and the sharing process is Oh, what we're doing today is a is a 21st century way of yeah that's right doing sharing that's right uh, but we've also got a web a web presence we've got um, you know some folks are doing webinars we've got YouTube channels we've got um, slide shares etc so so we've got this learning and sharing and then you know historically in the middle we also had an education process. Which kind of sat between, sat between the learning and the sharing, and mm. and so we'd do some research, and we'd actually develop a workshop to test some of the ideas. To, to you know, in some cases, the workshop might be well codified, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, later on, but in but it, in the early part of codifying, you can use the workshop process to as a sounding board and, and, and as a, a means of deepening your own understanding. Cause if you've got to teach it, you've got to understand it better. Well, it's often a part, I mean, it's often a part of these like research projects, right? I mean, there's uh, yeah. some need to, to teach about these ideas in that context, a car dealership, yeah. a coffee shop, a restaurant or whatever. And so we create, you know, a quote unquote workshop for that purpose. And then yeah. uh, whatever we discover, in those initial experiments, uh, we t- tend to need to share with other folks in the organization. So there's a next iteration of that workshop yeah, uh, that emerges, right. and then the kind of uh, the, the the next frontier, I guess, becomes all right. Well, there are other organizations out there <laughs> uh, that, yeah. that we might need to educate too. And so, how will we take what we learned in whatever that car dealership and teach somebody 
who works in a banking institution or something, um, how to apply those ideas to based on what was learned in that. So, you know, these, yeah, totally, these different rounds of kind of educating further and further away from the, the place where the idea was discovered or the insight yeah. was gleaned or something. Yeah, and using PDCA throughout that process. That's right. Really, that's that's right. The, the, that's, that's the point. So, um, so, so anyway, we we had these this learning, this educating and sharing, and we're, and and that's still what we do. You know, our our purpose mm -hmm. our purpose is to um, is to do this research uh, and then to uh, and then to share it through through various mechanisms, mm -hmm. and um, and so. We had administration at the back of that to 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 support doing that value creating work, mm -hmm. and um, we we'd done a fair amount up to 2017. But you know, our, we really had one. You know, we're, we're very small. It's a very small. Um, it's a very small group, and and you know, Dan didn't want to create this you you know a huge organization, mm -hmm. and neither did i you know that what i wanted to do was to carry on doing the, the research and uh find ways of, uh, of of getting that out to to people so so we we had um an office manager and our office manager a lovely lady called hannah she really liked doing events uh -huh. and she and i think she wanted to um she'd come to us as a temp she'd been there for 10 years she'd learned a lot uh, but I think she really wanted to do more events and more traveling and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and so she, she, um, she decided to leave us. Uh -huh. And, uh -huh. um, and of course I could have done the simple thing, <laughs> which is just replace her. Uh -huh. And I decided a, a couple of months, two, three months before, um, she handed a notice in. Um, I'd been doing a project with the halfway group. It's they're like a they're they're one of our partners, and we've worked with them since 2012. And uh, the owner and the the then COO had come across to the UK, mm -hmm. and I'd arranged a meeting with them for uh, with a guy called uh, David Mail, who is the lean manager for the UK. Was then the lean manager for the UK in, at Peugeot. The, the car company. Okay. Uh, North American uh, listeners won't really know that much about Peugeot, <laughs> but Peugeot That's actually right. bought right. what was left of General Motors in in the in Europe. Okay. Um, a while ago, uh, the Opel brand, and, and and they have Peugeot and Citroen, and so it's pretty big. It's, it's, a, it's a big car car company, mm -hmm. and um, and and he'd been he'd been doing something with. Um, around automating applications, so uh, and and automating them in a in a way that um, there was very little coding involved. So so quite often, you know, big companies have got I don't know SAP type systems, you sure, know, sure, not sure, SAP, but big ERP systems, and um, and. He'd been experimenting in using codeless applications to tie pieces of information together, and he'd been using a guy, uh, a guy called Mike Moore, uh -huh. um, who doesn't work for Peugeot. Peugeot was one of his customers, and and 
he said, you should have a look at this. So uh, myself, George Bakey, the owner of Halfway, and Terry O'Donoghue, we met up with with, with the guys from Peugeot and uh, and Mike Moore and and and, and so on, and um, and they showed us some things that they were trying to experiment with in sales, mm-hmm. and it was interesting, but then it wasn't really what we wanted to do. Then they started telling us about this no code stuff. And we said, wow, that's really interesting. Because one of the biggest costs in being a car retailer or one of the biggest administrative costs and one of the things that really hampers people is the architecture of the dealer management systems. They're actually not that customer focused. And so um, we hatched a plan to do an experiment where Mike would come across, he'd, he'd educate five people in the organization about this new way of doing coding, mm-hmm. of, of, of using these applications. Mm-hmm. And we would see whether we could use this technology um, to improve the information flows. And that's kind of how it all started. So that was middle of, well, it was, it was actually March 2017. And, I, and so I got Mike to come across to LEA and we actually started a bit of a project looking at our database. So how would you, um, autom- the end results automate, but, but, but how would you eliminate waste uh-huh. from people signing up? from the data getting inaccurate over time. You know, we, we know that people are moving jobs a lot and mm-hmm. so on. And, and so what do you do? If you want to have accurate data, you've got to, you've got to basically go and um, hire somebody to cleanse the data all the time. And, and, uh, and so we, we, we looked at a couple of, we looked at a couple of, um, of, of, of the processors and what we were looking at back in 2017 was the different apps that you can use to connect the information together and i I suspect the listeners will think what has all this got to do with (laughs) doing lean because because i think most people think that when when you first start thinking about it Uh so we 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 did this we did this piece at halfway and uh, we we did the we did the training uh, this this course and we had a couple of people that did amazing apps so so one was a guy a guy called Morny Fury who we had at our summit last year and um, he prepares cars for handover okay so he, he does the pre delivery inspections on them. He puts accessories onto them. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. want a tow bar, you want um, tinted windows. You know, you put film on the inside of the tinted windows, etc. And that process starts when you receive a truck from Toyota with a load of cars on it. Mm-hmm. The first thing you got to do is you got to inspect the car to make sure that it hasn't been under any trees and ended up getting damaged on its way from the plant to the to to, to your site. And um, and so we, we looked at that 
he looked at that process and and just as a just as a little experiment not the end to end just that little bit and um he realized that there were multiple um multiple um systems that you went through mm-hmm. excel the dealer management system you had to take photos of the damage you had to resize the photos in order to then get them into an email to be able to send that back to toyota and all, all that kind of thing mm-hmm. and um and what he what he did was he um he he created an app and the app really completely compresses the information flow and um connecting all these different systems and connects yeah and, and actually automates. Or, or eliminates them or yeah yeah it either eliminates it combines it rearranges it it simplifies so um little ERC, so, you know, little for, ercs for the uh for the for the ecrs the, the, for, for, for the, information flow for the job methods and, uh, training with an industry in, training that's with an right. industry that, uh, that fans out there stuff. yes yeah <laughs> so so the, the this this first one app saved one person 18 days per month in terms of time it's incredible well, you, you, you kind of only work for like 20 20 <laughs> 20 something it's yeah. like it's like what? 90 percent 85 percent right and they they actually went to the dealer management system provider and said we'd like to do these types of things and of course the dealer management system provider said yeah sure yeah it, it's it's in our work to list some of that stuff that you're talking about it'll probably take 18 months it'll cost twenty thousand uh-huh. pounds and this guy did this app in about three days and it's fifty dollars a month so so that so i i, I was watching this um I, I went on the course actually uh, in um, in uh, in Johannesburg that Mike came across and ran, and I just thought, wow, you know, so often people people are struggling because technology actually constrains them in terms of what they can do. Uh-huh. And here was something that, if you really did understand the process, you could link all of these things together. Well, and so um, that's the and so that's the key, right? I mean. And I, I know you're, you'll continue to share more about this. You, you shared with me before our talk today uh, a slide presentation that, that had a lot of information about um, about what you're talking about. But that um, you know that those constraints that that we experience with technology, often sort of off the shelf technology, sort of one yeah. one type of experience that people have, and you know whether or not this off the shelf thing perfectly matches your situation is probably not so likely. Uh, or the other one being, uh, we we build our own technology, um, but we do it maybe without the kind of uh, without full clarity around the process itself and how that works, where the waste exists, uh, where we might alleviate it with with information flows or whatever. Um, and so, what you know that that experience of feeling constrained by technology tends to match one of those two one of those two scenarios, right? That sort of off the shelf yeah. thing doesn't fit, or we don't have a good grasp of the process to begin with. We build a tool uh, to apply to it, and you know, surprise, surprise, uh, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, and and you know, for our traditional, you know, the traditional listener that's interested in lean, that's maybe, you know, involved in 
making stuff in mm -hmm. a plant mm -hmm. that this is like the MRP type yeah type thing you know MRP doesn't really do what lean thinkers want it to do for a mm -hmm. whole host of reasons mm -hmm. there's demand fluctuations and there's there's amplification and and uh, you know schedule changes and all of this type of stuff and it and it and so I, I was I was pretty surprised that it was 18 days a month. I, I was really surprised. Um, and so I came back and said, hmm, why don't we start looking at this in our institute? And we started. But unfortunately, you know, or maybe maybe fortunately, Hannah decided that she she wanted to do something else. You know, uh, and so I was left in a situation where I could go and h hire another person to run run stuff, or I could um, do something really uncomfortable, which which or I'm really stupid actually, um, <laughs> which was to think about how how I could use this type of technology in running an institute. And so, you know, institutes are there to be, um, you know, this is the first chance I'd, I'd really had to do experiments in the institute. Pretty, pretty dangerous because, you know, if it doesn't work, you're in a real mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some of the time I have been in a real mess as, I, as I've struggled with, with, with some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but, that's, but, but I decided that I would give this a go to see what was what was possible because because this is this whole thing on the you know everybody's talking about industry 4.0 and they're talking about um huge changes in in uh you know in online ai mm -hmm. all all of this type of stuff yes and and i just thought well you know we we need to we need to understand a bit of that world mm -hmm. um and a large proportion of the stuff that in terms of our sharing is being done through the web. So, right. so we, need, right. so we needed to find out just what was possible. And of course this is moving at a It's moving at a quite a rate, actually, that the pace of the pace of change in this, in this arena is, is moving at, at a rate too. you know, it's pretty difficult if you think you're ahead of the curve or you think you're on the curve the reality is you're probably behind because because of the pace of um of, of changing it as well so uh so so that's what i decided to do i decided to 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 uh to, to do some experiments and and part of part of that as well was that I, I realized that whilst we whilst we understood or we thought we understood the Gemba, hmm. you know, because you know, lots of people do Gemba walks and, you know, that they, they, they look at the way the work is being done and all that kind of thing. Our, our standardized work wasn't really that good. Hmm. And so... I didn't really know that much about the way the work did work. Uh -huh. I thought I did. Uh -huh. At a high level, I did. 
-hmm. but I didn't really know about the detail. And so I, I decided to do four very uncomfortable things to, to break the activities down on, on one element. I, cu I couldn't do everything because, you know, these institutes are pretty complicated things. They are. You know? Um, People might be surprised. So, so I decided to choose one valley stream and the valley stream I chose was books. I decided to look after or get all of the orders that were coming in to actually come through to me. And then for me to do that job day to day so that I could understand the current condition and I could develop standardized work for that activity. And then as everything was coming through and I, and, and I was able to understand really what the process was, I could understand the problems in the work. And I understood them because I was doing it. I was understanding it in far more detail than I would have done if I'd been a manager in an organization. Sure. And then we could actually put some steps in place to eliminate, combine, rearrange, simplify. But at the same time, I also had to learn about this new technology. Because, it, because you know, it, it would be a mistake to just think that you could start using this stuff without really understanding what the work was. And so I decided to learn about the new technology really in terms of what we could implement once we'd got better stability. And, you know, the reason, the reason why I decided to do that was because I'd seen this 18 days a month save. <laughs> and, and, and actually, I thought we did a pretty good job on books. And I think, I think we did, really. Yeah. But it was very labor intensive in terms of what we were doing. And, um, and so this was a, it was a chance to experiment with uh with with what this new technology would be able to do for us just to begin with uh -huh. just on 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 the books and and so and so that that was our um our uh our starting starting point so it's a good reminder really so um you know you know that um i guess it's been 5 months now uh, since I took on this new role at LEI and, um, in one kind of way, I, I kind of came up through the Institute. I, I joined LEI six years ago. Uh, my, my work since joining LEI has been focused in, I guess, a similar area to what, to what your, to where you began, uh, with applying lean thinking into these, um, these at, with these new frontiers, I guess, uh, kind of discovering how, how these ideas work in places like restaurants and grocery stores, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, and so when it comes to that activity at the Institute, you know, I began sort of doing the value creating work. And so uh, when it comes to that stuff, you know, I have a pretty good grasp on, on how, how all of that works, both the value creation itself, you know, showing up at a company to, to provide coaching or to provide training or to run an experiment side by side with people. 
but also the administrative side of things, uh, you know, setting up these projects, uh, contracting, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but as you said, the, the institute uh, here, the academy there, are, are quite complex organizations that do lots of different things, like sell books, uh, yeah. a business activity that couldn't be more different than, than um, you know, showing up at a company and, and helping to run a project. Um, and so anyway, so, you know, for the last five months then, I've had responsibility for all of these things, not just, uh, not just the projects that I'm familiar with, but, you know, selling books, just like, just like you at LEA. Um, and, you know, it's, it, I appreciate the reminder of the, of all the learning that's available by really getting in and doing the work. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we've been working on here at LEI is strengthening the kind of visualization of a lot of the activity and the work that we do here. And so to some extent, that is helping me to learn uh, about these different areas of the work, but it's still at a distance from the work. You know, yeah. uh, you, 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 right. mentioned, you mentioned that, that many of us are experienced with gimbal walks, um, you know, if you're if you if you follow lean people on LinkedIn, for example, you see lots of photos of gimbal walks, or actually to maybe describe them more accurately, boardwalks. Yeah, that's right. Um, and even here at LEI, in fact, uh, we are talking on a Monday morning, uh, one hour from now. Um, LEI will begin a weekly ritual that we call Obey a Monday, where we'll run for about eight hours, seven or eight hours, a series of huddles, standing in front of various visualizations, and we will, at some level, kind of manage all of the activity at the Institute. We'll kind of run through that over the course of one day. Um, But frankly, what we're going to do, what we're actually going to do is stare at a bunch of boards <laughs> uh, and have <laughs> and have conversations together around about the information that's being displayed and and the problems that are being visualized and to some extent you know we will through those conversations do actual work but for the most part we won't we're going to have conversations about the work we're not going to do yep. the work yep. um, and you know the the difference is one that you know, I know it's easy for me to neglect that difference and to almost gain a false confidence that I'm knowledgeable about the work when in fact really all I'm knowledgeable about is is this information being visualized on the wall, a reflection of the work, right? Like yeah. a description of how things are supposed to work. <laughs> Uh, a representation of the results, the, the output uh, from the work. Uh, you know, something like how many books are sold, were sold last week. Um, but what actually went into creating that book in the first place, or keeping it in stock, or fulfilling an order, or replenishing, you know, uh, after that, that, that book is sent out, uh, all of that stuff, I'm not going to interact with that kind of detail today at all, uh, yeah. actually. Uh, maybe I will, but it'll be just sort of in passing. Um, but anyway, you know, there, there, there is a lot of that, that a lot of that detail that, that can, can go neglected uh, by many of us all doing sort of the right things, you know, and Obey a Monday. I'm, I'm happy with what's going to happen today. It will help us run the Institute uh, better, but, but, you know, it, it's important that I don't 
begin to falsely think that an activity like today um, is an activity that's actually going to help me see and understand and sort of deeply know about the work uh, through doing it in the way that, that you did through this experience. So yes. that I can do those other things. I can identify the problems, uh, see the waste, uh, apply, you know, uh, ECRS, uh, whatever. Uh, and then if helpful, um, apply a tool uh, like, like an app creator uh, or whatever other tool <laughs> might be appropriate uh, given, yeah. given, given the yeah. job and we're that, trying to do. I, I think, you know, people that are listening um, a large proportion of the people that are on our database are working in mature organizations. Mature you know, in they, what they sense? You're working in a Starbucks or, mm. you know, legal seafoods or a halfway. And there's, you know, there's, there's 1,500, 2,000 people or even, you know, some of these companies, 40,000 people working in them. That's right. But, but these institutes are SMEs. Mm-hmm. S and um, S, <laughs> very <yeah>. S. <laughs> Smaller, medium-sized enterprises. That, right. And actually, most people in the population are working in SMEs, hmm. right? So, so if I look at in the UK, most people work in a company that's got less than twenty people in it. Yeah. So, um, so of course, you know, the, the the argument if you're working in an already stable organisation is how to develop capability for people to be able to do the kind of things that I did mm -hmm. because they are responsible for books. Mm -hmm. But, but the, but the reason that I did this rather than just go and hire the next person is that I wasn't sure whether the purpose was completely lined up. Mm. So of course, you know, when you look at, um, books as an example you know there's there's the product development process which we're involved in we know about that mm -hmm. you know we, we 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 we've you know we talked about that at the beginning of the podcast that's right um and there's the uh the order fulfillment pick pack and ship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and again you, you know if you were michael porter you'd say well that's that, that's fine you know that's not the competitive advantage mm -hmm. um so the the question the quest the thing that this made me me doing this as an activity what it made me question was what the value was mm -hmm. really the value is unlocking the knowledge in the publication that's right and i kind of knew that sort of but when you when you touch all of the elements of the individual process it really becomes quite it becomes a lot more clear to you that that that, that is that's really the problem to solve the, the the organizational problem to solve so it just gave me another lens I, I, i'm not saying you know that 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 leaders should go and do the work all of it mm -hmm. um i'm just saying what they should do is they should think about how you do that work and maybe do it for a certain period of you know, just even if it was only three or four days, just so that you can see, um, you can see, you can make that link to what the real value is. And in, in our case on books, surely the value is unlocking the knowledge in the publication. Mm 
And um, so it's a forcing function. It's a forcing function then, to yeah. to reckon, to you know, to to make yourself go through the exercise that probably we should be doing, you know, more often than any of us actually do, uh, of questioning deeply what is the value being created here. Um, rather than just, you know, what's the process, what's the work being done, and let's find waste in that to remove it. Okay, we can do that, and there's there's gains to be had. Um, and I guess even just a minute ago, that's kind of what I was more focusing on, you know, the, the, the misconception that we can have that we really understand those details and are in a position to do Kaizen on that work, uh, yeah. and, you know, often we're not. Uh, we're not as knowledgeable about it as we might think we are. Um, but more importantly, uh, especially for someone in the position like you're in, I guess like I'm in, um, is the that that deeper, I guess, more valuable output, <laughs> more valuable, pardon the pun, uh, of engaging in an exercise like that and being forced to really think deeply about uh, about the value being created here and what's necessary in terms of the work uh, yeah. to create that value. Uh, yeah. And what are we just doing because, you know, whatever, because that's how we've always done it or, or something like that. Um, so in the case of books, uh, this exercise of getting into the details of the work, which might seem like uh, something that, that the head of an organization like yourself um, maybe shouldn't be doing. But in fact, for you and, and for many of us, if we were to, uh, to go through something like that, uh, revealed something f of, of real of, of real significance, actually, uh, of great value to you. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I mean, we, we had debates internally, and, and a couple of the guys said, you shouldn't be doing this. Right. You should just hire somebody. And I, I said, no, no, I, I, I think we should do this. Um, there's a story, um, real, there's a story real quick, somebody that we somebody that we both know who um, uh, was working in a retail company, and took it upon uh, themselves to spend weekends working in one of the stores uh, that this company had, and you know it was a similar kind of exercise. I mean, they were they were getting close to the work to put themselves in a position where they could sort of reflect on these 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 more strategic questions, I guess, these deeper questions. Yeah. Um, they actually had, uh, <laughs> I guess, a, a boss, one of their bosses. Um, sat this individual down one day and said, executives here do not work in stores. Um, it, was, it was a very, very matter-of-fact uh, direction that, that, that this individual was given by his boss uh, to say that that is, that is not something that we do here. Um, not, you know, of course, as, as you now can through the experience you've had, not recognizing the, the real value. Uh, that could come from an exercise yeah, like yeah. that, right? It's thinking of it as as demeaning or something, or 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 less than less than worthy of uh, of an executive's time. Yeah, and you know, last week we had um, we 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 had this event where we, you know, the, the question that we were talking about was how do you develop capability? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we had John Shuck over, and I was reminded because you do need to be reminded from time to time about the fact that all new starters at Toyota in Japan work on the line That's for right. a certain period of time. It's like three months. Then actually all new starters also, or new graduate starters, 
then go and sell cars door to door. That's right. Two things. Right. And and so and and what this was for me was it was doing that um, in these other processes that weren't, as you say, the processes that we've ge we generally spend most of our time on. Uh -huh. um, but it also wasn't right when we started our. It's not when we just started this job. It's actually that we've been doing this a while, uh -huh. um, and so it was a it was a good. It was a good learning point for me, particularly because because okay, the, the physical product ends up being picked, packed, and shipped in a traditional way. Right. But the but the uh, there are opportunities for our customers in linking other value streams together which you kind of wouldn't really think about unless you started unpicking the the process so so if the purpose really is to unlock the knowledge in a publication well a publication is only doing certain things at unlocking that knowledge you can only unlock it so far and so we've we've got an opportunity running these institutes to think about the other processes that we have for unlocking knowledge. Uh -huh. And then if we get close to that work, we can do some experiments to yeah. see what we can do to improve that. The other processes, the other value streams, meaning uh, we talked earlier about sort of the, the educational activities that, the, that our institutes offer or the yep. uh, community sort of gathering uh, you, yep. you, you had a summit last week. Uh, LEI has got its annual summits, a couple of them, a few of them, I guess. Um, and so to connect these various uh, activities with, you know, the core ideas of lean thinking, uh, the core yeah. methods uh, of lean practice, that, that really at the end of the day, that, that's what we're trying to do, right? I mean, we want to yeah. uh, instill lean thinking into every human endeavor. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so, it. Uh, so how do we do that? We, we we unlock these ideas. We help folks put them into practice, and a book can certainly introduce and explain some of these things. But to to think that a book can go so far as to uh, help an individual apply ideas is a bit of a stretch. Um, uh, cer certain certain folks can with certain things, but. Um, but really, most of us, uh, I'll certainly include myself in the most of us camp, uh, require more than just a book um, to, to apply really any new idea. Uh, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> I need education. Yeah. I, I need experiences. I need a coach. Um, I uh, need and, and peers. Yeah. And, and you know, the, there's, there's no doubt that, um, again, for what, for what I did last week, I went back to some of those books that I maybe hadn't read for two three years uh -huh. and you get more insights out of those books when you've done more things or, or totally. you've got a particular problem to you got a pr particular problem that you're wanting to get across 100 percent um so in that way you're kind of using the content that's in those as reference that's right like. yeah lean solutions was like that for me for sure uh, I mentioned, you know, Jim Womack handing it to me right after I had wrapped up my experience at Starbucks, just joining the Institute. I read it then and got some things out of it. Uh, I then 
built up some experience in place in, in different, I guess, sort of similar industries, grocery and restaurants, uh, returned to the book. And the way that it helped me make sense out of the experiences that I had had in addition to Starbucks in grocery and in restaurants, I mean, it was like breakthrough for me uh, to go back to that book uh, after having accumulated some more experiences. I'm sure if I revisit the book five years from now, uh, after, you know, after whatever's going to happen in the next five years, uh, it again will, um, will help me sort of recognize what's been happening, understand what's been happening in, in a new way. It's amazing yeah. what these uh, what these books can do. What what Dan, yeah. uh, what what Jim, John, and others have given us. It's incredible. Yeah, that's right. So so yeah, so so that that was that that was the um, uh, that was the, the the catalyst was losing the losing the manager mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. losing Hannah, um, and then the experiment was let's just choose one value stream, and by then taking a look at that value stream what we've what we've done is uh we've used a no code um solution mm-hmm. but basically the beginning of a database mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. well it's not the beginning of a database it is a database mm-hmm. around books around orders etc and then the the insight that that has given when you then think about the knowledge that mm-hmm. the fact that it what we're trying to really do is to create knowledge is that um, now there's a whole series of experiments to be kicked off, which actually are around the book, the, the, somebody's purchase of a book just being one element of helping them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, this very much depends on the value stream, but one of the things that we learned in the book value stream is mm-hmm. that of course unlocking the knowledge is the key mm-hmm. but there is an information flow and there's a physical flow just like there is in any value stream right now if one of the things Mornay found was that in terms of the information flow of using the apps he was able to compress the information flow right so instead of being in a situation where the car arrives from Toyota, it takes them two, three hours to process that batch that batch of cars. Right. They're then in stock, then they can actually be, be triggered to be processed to then be handed over to a customer. Mm-hmm. The compression of the information flow at the same time as the physical flow mm has meant that actually a car can come in the morning and it can actually be processed on the same day because the information flows much shorter. So they're looking at the lead time, I mean, kind of of framing the lead time for both the physical process, handling of the car, whatever's going to be done with it, um, and also the lead time for the the, the flow of information. I mean, you, you described earlier the multiple tools, I guess, platforms, people uh, involved in that, in that information flow. Yeah. So, 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 you know, in a book, um, you know, somebody orders a book off your website, mm-hmm. that, that triggers an information flow. That information flow then ends up getting passed on to your third party logistics provider who basically pick, pack, ship right, and right. send it off. 
but but actually the compression of the information flow in in some of the value streams can actually mean that making one by one flow is much more possible in some of our value streams batching still occurs Tons. and it occurs because totally. really be, sometimes because of the information flow whereas what this enables us to do is to is to do one by one flow if you can do one by one flow and actually your information flow is much more robust in terms of the quality no rekeying of information no uh -huh, uh -huh. passing on the defects in between the individual steps in the process uh -huh. then what you're doing is you're building the quality in and you're standardizing the work so you know if you go all the way back to you know what people might say to you know one by one flow building quality standardized work you know create stability this all sounds pretty lean to me <laughs> Um, right. and, and you you can you can use these this technology actually to do that for your information flow oh. then the question is well what else can you what else can you then do because it because by compressing the information flow so much you can do one by one one by one in so, something like the book process is tailored learning right so it's, so it's even possible. So it's even possible. It makes it possible. It ma it makes it possible, and and so it's it's not it's not push, it's actually pull, but it's pull from common platforms. Mm -hmm. And and the and the more we can make that um, less labor intensive, so so we can for us, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, we we can we can uh, automate to 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 an extent so some of these things. The more we can make it less labor intensive, actually, the hypothesis is the more value, the more bespoke we can create the value. Because uh -huh. because a book is a the book is a mass production solution. It's the <laughs> same information given to everybody um, when they want it, but actually everybody's need is slightly different that's right and so how do you combine these these other things that we have to actually give a more a much more tailored purposeful um solution a lean solution if you like um <laughs> like. to 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 a person so that they can actually get their gain knowledge as part of a journey and mm -hmm. and um you know that i mean this is very, very fresh in the mind really because of last week that the traditional way that people are learning about lean is the traditional way that people learn about everything mm -hmm. so right. you know and we had guys from schools talking about schools as batches you know you it's push that's right you basically you have to attend this stuff, do this curriculum, and it's all a push. But what we're really trying to do, and what schools try to do, at whatever level you go through, is, is trying to develop lifelong learners. Uh -huh. So if that's really the problem to solve, how do you develop lifelong learners? What you need is you need the learner to pull the information as they need it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so 
you know, if we've got a system that has come out of a push, as a push model, how do we combine all these other things that we've that we've got in order to be able to develop pull and to develop that lifelong learning in somebody? And if you take a look at the way generally people are learning about lean, it's a push. It's pretty. And push. of course, uh, and of course, what the end result is all this certification and. You know, it's, which is quite clearly nonsense. You know, <laughs> go, go on LinkedIn and there's all of these experts. And, you know, here we are saying, well, gee whiz, I'm really not sure I know that much. And I've only been doing it 30 years. <laughs> um, but right. you can kind of become some kind of master in five days. Hell, you know, I wish I'd had that course. <laughs> so, um, so, so it, it, it's, also, it's also getting people to think, it's also offering people the opportunity to lifelong learn mm. rather than just think that a little bit of this stuff will then make you will make you the expert so so those are the kind of insights i've i've had from from uh, from from doing this just just doing the work doing the work doing the work that's yeah. right just from doing the work well, and having uh, spent some time with you recently, we've we've had a couple of uh, recent phone conversations. Uh, we were together, as you mentioned earlier, in Brazil just a few weeks ago. Um, I know that those insights aren't just sitting as nice insights, uh, but in fact, you're yeah. you're starting to uh, to activate against those things with some with some experiments that uh, that you intend to run. Uh, I think that we intend to run together. Uh, to sort of uh, dig into dig into this idea, this idea that um, we can offer more, we can do better uh, at helping folks gain the knowledge that's contained in these books, uh, which are really the things that I think the lean community itself, certainly our institutes, uh, were built upon. Uh, books written by by our founders, Dan Jones, Jim yep. Womack, uh, and others. Um, so excited to, to to work on that with you. Uh, thankful that you've had the experience that you've had and, and gleaned those insights uh, on behalf of you know myself, LEI, and uh, many others in the Lean Global Network, of which we are both a part. Uh, it's been wonderful to 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 um, have you share with us. Uh, speaking of the mission of the institutes, learn, share, and educate. It's been wonderful to have you be have you learning <laughs> in this way uh, by digging into some of the administrative work of your institute. Uh, it's been even better to have you uh, make some attempts at educating us on it. Uh, you've introduced us to Mike Moore, for example, um, as a way to sort of encourage us, um, set us down a path where we, we too might be experimenting in ways, in ways like you're experimenting. Uh, and then in various ways, including this, uh, this very podcast, uh, to have you share with us uh, about this experience, about the insights, um, the story itself, um, so thanks, man. I, you know, really appreciate it. Um, I hope that, uh, that those who will listen to, to you and I, uh, talk for an hour or so, uh, will appreciate it as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, with that, you know, look forward to, to what's to come, uh, to what, what work we will do together, uh, what we will learn, uh, with applying the insights that you have gleaned. So thank you again. Thank you for today. Uh, thank you for, for going through, uh, this recent experience and, uh, look forward to more to come. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thanks, man. And that's a wrap. I always enjoy talking to Dave. I hope you enjoyed listening. 
But more importantly, I hope you'll get closer to the work than you would have otherwise. Who knows? Maybe some breakthrough ideas will emerge. The WLEI podcast is produced by Emma Rippa and Lori Moniz, my colleagues at the Lean Enterprise Institute. A special thanks to both of them. And a thanks to you for listening. Also, if you'd like to be in touch, you can email us at pod at lean.org. All right. Until next time.